New ideas and new technology are causing seismic shifts in the media industry. Where are we headed? What does it mean? Keep listening. Media strategist Gabriella Mirabelli talks with the brightest minds in entertainment and business. Meet the innovators, the risk takers, and the disruptors on the front lines of change from Hollywood, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and beyond. The future is coming to a screen near you. Are you ready? This is the Up Next podcast with Gabriella Mirabelli. Welcome to Up Next. I'm your host, Gabriella Mirabelli. This month, Y-Pulse, the leading authority on Gen Z and millennial opinions and behaviors, has just released their latest trend report in Mary Lee Bliss. Y-Pulse's chief content officer is here to unpack the apparent disconnect between young consumers' environmentalism and their penchant for low-cost, high-volume goods. Mary Lee, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I am so glad that you and the team at Wipels decided to do a dive into this topic. It certainly was a sidebar conversation that we had when we talked about young consumers' love for big box stores and how it's squared with their demand for social responsibility. But before we talk about your findings and what it all means, can you give us some information about the trend report, the geographic territory you cover, the age of who you survey, and the methodology you used? Absolutely. So Y-Pulse publishes 12 trend reports every year, a monthly deep dive into the big shifts that young consumers are fueling or answering the big questions that brands have about these generations. Every survey is conducted among 1,513 to 39-year-olds in the U.S. and Canada. It's nationally representative, quotas across age, gender, race, ethnicity, and region, very close to very small margin of error, so very close to how they're actually feeling in that moment in time. We conduct the same survey in Western Europe. So we also look at that data and get an idea of how young consumers are feeling about these topics around the world. Fantastic. I love that you have so much data because it means I can really look at these percentages and feel the priorities of young consumers, what they place on one thing compared to another, which is especially helpful if we're exploring generational and gender differences and nuances Mm -hmm. and engaging with these audiences. First off, let's set the stage Do young consumers believe that climate change is a clear and present danger, an existential threat? Absolutely. Wipels consistently finds that Gen Z and millennials not only care about the environment, but they have real anxiety about climate change, which we've actually seen increase. The numbers who say that they worry about climate change every week has gone up significantly between 2020 and 2022. And the majority believe that climate change is an immediate threat to human life. 75% agree with that statement. That's amazing. Three out of four. Three out of four people. Was this from the most recent? So this is the most recent number, this 75%. Absolutely. Wow. So we set the stage. This is how they're feeling about it. It is a big thing. It is important to them. So now back to the report and the reason you decided to do it. I know you and I have had conversations on the topic, as I mentioned, and the apparent hypocrisy sounds like too strong a word and also too Mm -hmm. pejorative, but the disconnect between this sincere environmentalism and concern, and then purchase intention and brand affection. Do young consumers themselves think that they are not living their values? Do they see this disconnect the way we see this disconnect? 
Yeah, it's such an interesting and nuanced topic. And it's a question that Y-Pulse gets, I want to say every week. How can young consumers say they truly care about the environment and then buy from fast fashion brands, buy from mass merch brands, not buy sustainable products all the time? Mm. We've heard this is hypocritical. We've heard this is counterintuitive. We've heard everything. We really wanted to explore what exactly their views are when it comes to their values versus their reality, their actual behaviors. Mm. We know that they care about the environment. That's well established. We also know our data shows that they want to shop environmentally soundly. They want to buy eco-friendly products and they try to. That being said, they don't always have the money to do so. And so there's this real clash of their, what they want to do and what they're able to do. So just to clarify, they do feel that it is a clash. They feel that it's a clash, that they are, they know what they value and they see the disconnect. Well, again, it's nuanced and it's complicated. So their efforts, they see their efforts, but at the same time, they, because they can't afford to make those eco-friendly decisions all the time, we found that they don't feel guilty when they are shopping fast fashion. The majority, 58%, say they don't feel guilty for shopping fast fashion. So their personal behaviors, they're not really seeing as as impactful as well, that was, some others. That was interesting. That was my next question is if young consumers feel that their actions can have an impact. They do feel their actions can have an impact. They believe the small things that they do to be environmentally friendly can make a difference. But mm-hmm. at the same time, when it comes to the negative behaviors that they have, they feel that those behaviors are okay. And when we ask though about the larger and entities that are potentially creating negative change in the environment, they really see those as the problem. So for example, when we ask them about a person purchasing from fast fashion stores, 83% say that that is fine. 83% say that a person purchasing from fast fashion stores is fine. It's not a bad thing. Mm. But when we ask about a retail brand producing millions of pounds of clothing waste, aka what the result of fast fashion, 71% say that that is criminal. (laughs) So they are purchasing from a criminal enterprise. Well, this is interesting. In urban development, there's a concept called NIMBY, which means not in my backyard. They want a solar farm, but not near them. They want low-income housing, but not in their school district. They want things to change and be more fair as long as it doesn't change things for them. Is there an element of NIMBY here? I think there's an element of savviness. Mm. Young consumers know that their own personal actions actually aren't as negatively impactful as corporations. And we touched on this in the report as well, not as negatively impactful as billionaires taking a private flight or say watering their enormous lawn during a drought in California. Mm. Um, They see the news stories. They see the Twitter accounts that are tracking the private jets of Bezos and Taylor Swift. And they know that the the impact of their own actions is being far outweighed by some of these larger entities. So they're busy. So they're thinking to themselves, I'm doing all these things and it is wiped out in one plane ride by Taylor Swift or one plane ride. We see that all over social media. And in fact, we asked specifically about a person taking multiple flights, flights a year 
Mm. Is that fine or criminal? 79% say an individual taking multiple flights a year is fine. But when we ask about a billionaire taking a 20 minute flight on their private plane, which has been well documented from Kylie Jenner to Yas Taylor to the big billionaires of the, of the world, 42% say that that is criminal. So they're far more likely to blame those, those billionaires than themselves. Do those, like Kylie Jenner, you could argue is a brand, right? Oh, she's absolutely does. Does she suffer because of it? Well, there's backlash online, certainly. But do they stop buying her brand? I think her diehard fans would not. Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. When they are making purchases, what are they considering? I mean, it sounds like price. So, So I guess what will get them to compromise this very important value? Is it yeah, just absolutely. price? Is there, are there other things? How does it price stack up? Price is the most important consideration when we're asking them what they're thinking about when they're buying a product. And I think that's really vital across the board for brands to understand. So when you look at young consumers and you see their behaviors aren't matching up with their values, you have to consider that their values are not the only thing that mm-hmm. they have to think about when they're making a purchase. These are people on a budget. These are the generations most impacted by inflation, but they also, I've said it a thousand times, grew up in the shadow of the Great Recession. Budget is baked into their mentality. And so when they're thinking about what to buy, yeah, their values are are a part of the mix, but price is the number one thing, followed by quality. Oh. And then far below that, how it looks, and then sustainability. They want oh. things that look nice. We all right. do. Right. Right. It's interesting that so so price beats quality. Oh, by like a nose. Price is 78% say that price is what something they consider when buying a product and quality 76% consider. So it's very, very close. So one could argue that fiscal responsibility as a personal value trumps environmentalism as a personal value. Absolutely. Although fiscal responsibility, is your budget just a personal value or Mm. is it just your reality? Or is it just a need? Is it a need? It is your need. It is what you have to work with. Well, I guess then you could also say, well, what kind of debt do young consumers carry? And are they carrying debt or not? Like revolving credit card debt? Oh, yes. So, I mean, when we look at the debt that they have, first of all, the majority do have debt. Mm. Credit card debt is actually the top kind of of debt that they have. You might think that it's- I thought it was educational. Yeah, no. But it's it's not. When it more have credit card debt than student loan debt. But both of those. Well, I wonder then if there's a volume thing. I I mean, I'd be curious when you're doing your financial surveys around that, I'd love to unpack what that debt is, what comprises that debt. Are they just, they're buying a a lot of low cost goods that maybe they bought fewer, higher quality, if that would end up saving them money in the long run? It's it's an interesting question, but we're talking about sustainability. So (laughs) are there certain segments of this youth population where sustainability becomes more important or successful in driving purchases? Well, again, going back to budget, we Mm. do find that those young consumers who have more budget are more likely to buy eco-friendly products. And when we're looking right now at who that is, older, 30 to 34-year-olds, 35 to 39-year-olds, they are 
more likely to buy products that help the environment. Millennial parents are more likely to buy eco-friendly products than non-parents. I think there's two factors at play there. One, they are more financially stable. Remember this generation delays starting families until they're older and more financially stable, but also they're thinking about what they have in their house and what's being put on surfaces, what their kids are being exposed to. So often those are kind of more eco-friendly choices. I think both of those are influencing parents' choices. Well, that's interesting. I I was going to want to slice in a bit. And if we took age as a proxy for income, if we saw this sustainability increase, and yes, it sounds like we are. And I also wonder if there's not just, I don't want my children playing in a poisonous, on a poisonous carpet, but I want the world that my children are growing up into to be still here. I want them to have oceans. I want them to not be suffering. The majority of millennial parents are worried about the world that they are raising their children in are concerned about the state of the world that they're raising their children in. Does and that, does the anxiety around the existential threat of, of global warming, of climate change, is it greater in millennials who are parents? Interesting question. And I can actually look at our data and find that out. When we look at how often young people are worried about climate change, parents are worrying about climate change about the same amount as non-parents. They are very slightly more likely to say that climate change is an immediate threat to human life, they are definitely more likely to say that corporations should take more responsibility for fighting climate change. Oh, that's interesting. So now getting getting back, would we say that the demographics who are more likely to make purchase decisions because of sustainability, those are parents or are there within, within are there other segments? I would say older millennials So those who are more financially stable are more likely to make those eco-friendly choices. And by the way, everybody, every age group wants to make those choices. When we're looking at, I try to, or I want to buy eco-friendly products, it's the majority of every age group. It's just a matter of, am I able to? Are they all equally likely to research sustainability, to dig in before they go even think about purchasing? Yeah, another great question. And we definitely see that young people are researching the products that they buy in some way. And the majority do say that they've researched how environmentally friendly a product is, a brand is, either before or after they've purchased it. When it comes to breaking down age, again, I can look at our data. When we're looking at just Gen Z versus millennial, which is what I know a lot of people are interested in, they are almost exactly equally likely to have researched how sustainable or eco-friendly a product is. So both Gen generations are interested in this. When we look at age breakdowns, there's some variation. Teenagers are the least likely Mm. to have researched how sustainable a product is, although it's still the majority, 58%. 18 to 24 year olds, the most likely Mm. they've got the time, (laughs) (laughs) 77%, and then a little bit less likely for 25 to 39 year olds, 66%. But the majority of every age group still, that's so often what we see when we're asked about differences between Gen Z and millennials or, or different age ranges. Yes, there are often differences, but they are kind of fluctuations on a scale. Still, the it's, majority still, it's of- within, it's, it's within the majority. Yes. There's sort of a super, super interest, but it's, it's still very rare that we see opposite behaviors between young consumer groups. Well, I want to just dial back a little bit because you're always looking at young consumers and the values that are top of mind. When you look across the year, the past two years, how much does the news cycle play into the values that are top of mind for them. I mean, just not, not just environmentalism, but if we think about the various things we've 
talked about Roe v. Wade, Black Lives Matter, environmentalism. We've had a lot of events of recent spark these things. Do brand do, do does this cause a rise in in their top of mind in terms of a value? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we touch upon in our research is the cause conundrum. Part of this conundrum is that there are so many causes and issues that they are passionate about and Mm -hmm. that are taking their attention. So again, when brands look at their behaviors and say, well, how could they say they care if their behaviors aren't matching up? Well, you have to think about the number of causes that they have crowding their their value spectrum and their decision process. 60% of young people agree they care about causes, but they're there's too much going on in the world to strongly support them. So their mm-hmm. attention's divided. We ask every year what social causes or issues young people are passionate about. And we absolutely see fluctuation in that ranking based on current events. So when we asked in February of 2021, COVID-19 was this top social cause that they were passionate about, followed by Black Lives Matter and racism. January of 2022, nearly a year later, Racism and Black Lives Matter were at the top of the list. COVID-19 had fallen to number three. Fears around the pandemic had fallen. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of course, changes. When we asked just six months later, the same question. Mental health help and care is at the top of the list. Abortion birth control, as you mentioned, Roe v. Wade, would put this towards the top of the list. And yes, sure enough, those are the top two things that they're passionate about. Black Lives Matter and racism, three and four. COVID-19 knocked off the list. So absolutely current events and headlines and Supreme Court decisions and natural disasters, all of these things impact which causes they're thinking about the most in that moment and what the biggest problems they think their generations are facing are. Oh, that's interesting. But are when so going back to researching the product is do they always does that percentage about research? Does that have to do with any cause or specifically the environmental research? Well, in this survey, because we were focused on climate change and the environment, we asked specifically, have you researched how sustainable or eco-friendly a product is? In other surveys, we've absolutely asked just generally, do you research brand before you purchase it? And again, find the majority do. And the top, one of the top things that they look at is what causes that brand support. Our self-taught report really dug into that. So do brands get an equal bump from working on one cause? Like as long as you've got one cause, you're dealing with or are some values more equal than others? You know, um, with their their own ideas around the biggest problems that their generations face and the causes that are most important in that moment changing almost month to month, it's really not about what cause is going to give me the most kudos from this generation. It's about having real follow through Mm. on a cause that is relevant to your brand, right? So it makes some sort of sense for your brand. It doesn't have to be something that your brand was founded on, but something that you really feel like you can make a difference that that aligns with your brand internal values that isn't coming off as of the moment, like we're jumping onto this just for a little bit and then and then leaving it behind. So longevity, I think matters, not just paying attention to a cause during the month that it's, it's right. in vogue, right. that matters. So I think putting your money where your values are matters more than which cause is going to get me the most attention. I also always like to operationalize your work for listeners. And if I'm thinking about what we've discussed thus far, if I'm at a brand and I work in the marketing department, so I've learned all this information, 
what should I be telling product development with regard to developing sustainable products? It sounds like they really need when they're at the evaluation stage to be thinking about the price point they're going to be able to deliver on. Absolutely. Now, the big takeaway here for brands is while young consumers' behaviors might not always align with their values, their expectations of brands is high. 80% of young people agree that they expect brands to make an effort to be sustainable. And we see that they believe that brands can have a bigger impact on the environment than they themselves, their individual actions can. So we really do see that, you know, though they might still be buying fast fashion, though you might not think that their behaviors are perfectly eco-friendly because sorry, they can't be all the time. Brands are being held to a higher standard. So that's a big takeaway that you have to continue to make some effort to be sustainable and eco-friendly, even if you think young consumers' behaviors don't align with their values. And then absolutely, yes, price point is a huge point. Price is the top thing they're considering. So they want brands to be making their products reusable, creating more eco-friendly products. And part of it is that they want more products on the market so that there are some that they can afford. Do you have a sense that there might be a tipping point that is a product can be a little bit more expensive, but but win because of the sustainability. Is there is there a tipping point or don't you have a feel for that from the data? We did not ask that in this survey. We have asked it previous in previous surveys, asking if it's 15% more costly, but it's good for the environment. Would you right, like to right. over that money? And of course there's a scale to it. Yes. Those who can afford it would, will, right. will make right. that, make that decision. But again, when we're talking about young consumers on mass, the majority of them are thinking about price. It's interesting because I, it's like, it's necessary, but not sufficient to drive purchasing. And I yes. wonder what would be interesting is do you see when you look at your brand affinities, do you see any like does environmentalism, like even if I'm still yeah. purchasing from this brand, but my feeling and my perception of this brand isn't as good, as durable, as strong, will it change future purchase decisions? Like, well, yeah, we did that in, now. in like the CSR overall, not just environmentally friendly, but it makes the world a better place, right, less right. diversity. When we launched the CSR diagnostics, we published a report that looked specifically at how those CSR metrics impact brand affinity overall. And we did find that, yes, CSR efforts do impact brand affinity, do make that connection with the consumer more intense. So overall, we have that data for, for young consumers, like CSR efforts overall, the real impact of corporate social responsibility. Oh, so interesting. Does Is it enough if a brand is doing things like buying carbon offset credits, things like that? Does that have any impact? I mean, because you, then you see all these news things about, well, the European airlines are doing it, but it's all not real. Sure. How believable and how much impact does that kind of thing do versus I've created a product that's sustainable. If I do these credits or I do these other things, does that help? Yeah, I think real action is absolutely going to trump kind of just buying your way out of it. Checking the box. <laughs> Right. Greenwashing is a real issue. Young consumers, I would say, hear about brands that have claimed to be doing something eco-friendly and then actually are not. So when mm -hmm. we ask actually in the data about brands that have sustainability efforts, how many of them do they think are greenwashing? A good portion say that 
many of the brands that are out there are greenwashing their efforts. So there is also this kind of lack of trust. So really showing them, you know, these are the efforts that we're making in a clear, concrete way, which means, yes, this is how our product is reusable. This is how our product is sustainable, is is definitely the route to go. You have to really win their trust on it. What counts as greenwashing? What would be a couple of examples? Gosh, I don't want to name names, but there have been some fast fashion companies of late that are actually being sued because their their quote unquote eco-friendly lines are not actually as eco-friendly as they've claimed. So there's there's a lot of exposing going on. It's true misrepresentation. It's okay. Okay. So for listeners who want to leverage these insights for their own brands, what would you say are a couple of big summary takeaways that they should fold into their thinking? Number one is that there is an expectation that brands make sustainability efforts, that you be working on eco-friendly, sustainable products or contributions in some way. That is their expectations of brands, regardless of what their own personal day-to-day behaviors look like. That's a huge one. Number two, when they're making decisions about products, they are not making those decisions in a bubble. You cannot expect these young consumers to act exactly in line with the values that they espouse at all times. Mm -hmm. It's not possible for them. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be trying to help them to reach those aspirations, but your expectations of their decision have to factor in things like quality and price on top of just the value that you are appealing to. So interesting. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. We've reached the end of another episode of Next. I'd like to close by thanking my production team at Up Next, my friend Rob Naughton, the voice stars who recorded our open. And of course, all of you, the members of our audience, thank you. I'll be talking to you again next time right here on Up Next. <laughs>